0: Welcome
1: to Be Simply, this is She, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We are connecting to the alchemy of food, our roots, and today we're going to celebrate the water. In the North American Hemisphere, we are in the season of water, the season of winter, and in the Southern Hemisphere with our friends, uh, if you are not in the Southern Hemisphere, are celebrating fire, the sun, so this is when we're fully at our yin and yang state. And during this season, this gives us the opportunity to pay attention. To certain parts of our body, also to listen to what we might need. And in uh, many tribes around the world, they will honor this season as it brings in snow. And that snow leads to what? Water. And so we have the opportunity for water to bubble up from aquifers in the earth. In addition, we have the ability to receive water from the sky and the snow then leads to filling the rivers, also leading in high desert areas to nourishing the soil, preparing it for those spring and summer crops with a fall harvest so if we begin to notice if we so sort of choose how the seasons are working and then bring some honor and reverence into the mystery of the great unfolding it's quite miraculous in addition and it gives us the opportunity to align our own way of being to these seasons. And depending on the climate you're in, it's going to vary slightly because if you're closer to the equator, you're going to be uh, living in a very uh, minimal seasonal flux. However, you could still uh, participate in knowing what those cycles are like. And everyone's part is equally important because we're supporting one another. Uh, This is a time on planet Earth that we know we have friends all around the globe and people are going through all different experiences from extreme joy to extreme suffering and you personally if you are inspired can start to do your part by aligning yourself with understanding what your part is on this planet meaning how you can be in the flow with the planet and honoring and respecting that our fellow human species is experiencing many things along with the plant kingdom the animal kingdom and Mother Earth herself. This acknowledgement starts to shift how we choose to show up, and uh, we begin to understand that we're leaving an imprint here, and what imprint do you want to leave? That's your choice, and that's your question. So today, as we celebrate water, with me not going too far off into my uh, worldview banter, we are going to connect to the importance of this uh, miraculous molecule and how we can relate to it, some ideas, some inspirations, a little science that's associated with nature and uh, how we can recognize if we need more or less. In addition, we're going to reflect on aging a little bit. In this current world system, we are in a life cycle process of um, coming from a baby to an elder and then returning back to the soil and coming out again this aspect of aging especially in the season of winter where we also know winter to be the season of death because things are cold and hard and dry and actually wither away and then they pop and they spring little buds uh, in the springtime or sometimes sooner it depends where you're living and this is a really important thing to acknowledge and with the water element it lets us know when we need more so we're going to tie all these things together for you and what i'd like us to do is just for a moment uh, actually imagine yourself in a time in a space where uh, they honored water where water uh, is a part of a sacred ceremony whether it's a winter ceremony, which we'll reflect on today, meaning that they're calling in the snow, they're calling in the water to connect to the season of winter and to honor what's coming off the earth as they're giving mother nature an opportunity to rest. So the feminine principle also encourages us to rest, to relax a little bit in the winter time. Similarly, to the yang principle, encourages us to uh, play and have a little rest in the warm sun. So these extreme seasons uh, encourage us to slow down a little bit and to uh, really acknowledge what's going on and how we can support our body. So if you're remembering back to this time, this winter ceremony gathering, and really calling in and asking for what you need. So right now in our world system, we go out and ask for things. Like if we're in business, we might ask for a loan or we might go and ask for uh, someone to go out for a meal with us, all these different things. And imagine if you remembered that you needed to ask Mother Nature for some snow, for some water. Please, Mother Nature, give us snow. Please, Mother Nature, give us less snow. Please, Mother Nature, replenish our world system so we can feed our children for seven generations to come. So to think about that and how you might pay gratitude, how you might request this with reverence and sacredness. And as we do that, just take a moment just to be, be in repose with yourself allow yourself to think about how you might ask for that if you're inspired you can do that during this segment and then when we come back we'll dive into the water pun intended we are going to listen to a segment called winter ceremony by the Indians this is a perfect time to do a little meditation first start with how you might want to request for the season of winter to be honored and what we might need in this season. And then from there, allow yourself just to follow the breath and take a moment to be in repose with yourself and listen and connect to all the elements that exist within you. Just returning back to here and maybe you were uh, taken into a little bit of a trance and could imagine yourself with your tribe honoring something as simple and profound as water. Now water is one of these amazing uh, combinations you know it's hydrogen and oxygen. And when you bring these two parts of hydrogen and one part oxygen together, uh, you have this opportunity to be with this transparent liquid that takes form in whatever container you put it in, whatever shape a river or ocean or lake might be. In addition, it'll freeze and save itself for later when it's needed in the springtime. So water has this beautiful way to express itself too. If you're with water and it's moving very rapidly, it'll push you. can also pull you under and it can lift you up. So there's all these amazing metaphors about the ocean, the rivers, the lakes, and that's not by accident because there's this endless potentiality that exists within it and this wonderment that cannot always be put into words until you allow yourself to start to relate to it. So as we were taking that time to be inward, it was really connecting to water in the sense that what it is, it is this transparent liquid, and besides the streams, the lakes, and the oceans, it also comes down in the rain, and the water is something that we need, we need for our body. However, sometimes I think we take for granted as to that it'll always be here, similar to how we might treat a relationship sometimes with family, friends, or a partner, that it might always be there, but it's not always there and uh, that's why it's so beautiful that this is the season of water because this is also the season of death, the end of the cycle and as we come into spring we're into that renewal. So, Water teaches us impermanence, it'll teach us that there's a great vulnerability with it and when we look at that we do need water to survive on this planet, that's how it's designed and I am a firm believer that if we have a holistic relationship with it, that Mother Nature will bring it to us and having an opportunity to spend time and commune with some of the people out at Hopi Nation, uh, you can experience how the water comes in with prayer and how it's held sacred and their climate is very, very arid, yet they still can grow crops. But the necessary ingredient is holding it sacred and really having that communion. It's quite miraculous when you see it and experience it firsthand. You might think of them as tales or uh, silly superstitions, but it really does exist. Uh, calling in uh, what's needed, it can it can arrive through nature alone. So. The greatest vulnerability, and if you're inspired, you can go to a beautiful site called Suspicious Observers, and Observers with a zero, it starts, it's all one word. And at this site, uh, you can start to see the science that's revealing itself right now in this moment in time, and showing the direct relationship of our relationship with the Sun, with the Universe and the earth, and how water is present in the stars, in the universe, uh, electricity that's there too, and that, you know, we've been led along ways to really be aware of environment. So the good thing is we've had this push to be more aware about our ecosystem, however, uh, maybe not under complete truth, meaning that the humans aren't necessarily destroying the planet in all aspects, but they can uh, cause a lot of contamination, meaning pollution. And then it makes it more difficult for people to have clean places to drink out of when they're not mindful as to the water sources. So imagine if we started going around and thinking, wow, this lake is sacred. Do I want to really throw my trash on the ground and contaminate this water? because then maybe we won't have it for other uses. Maybe the fish won't have a clean place to grow. Uh, Lake Adidlan is a good example. These algaes were growing and making the water uh, very unsafe. And when we're not responsible uh, for our own pollution, there's a feedback loop to that. And then the resources become a little bit more difficult to uh, receive. In addition, we aren't able to be truly in harmony with Mother Nature because we can't, if we're polluting, we're not holding it sacred. Therefore, why would Mother Nature give us something that we are not holding sacred? So there's the loop, you know, so where do we take uh, responsibility? So, you know, some people may talk about we're going to be out of water. Well, the this isn't based on just use, it's also based on just being mindful and Wanting to decide do you I want to live in harmony with nature itself, so that's a choice So this this evaluation you can ask within yourself uh, Do I want to contaminate it? <laughs> I mean pollute that's everything from throwing something on the ground not cleaning up after your pets that goes into the ocean thinking really through how we can best manage uh taking care of water in all forms from the ocean to the rivers, the lakes, to uh, the aquifers and the drinking water and what's possible there versus supply. So I really feel if you take responsibility for your water and really think about how you can hold it sacred and then uh, things will start to shift with the supply. Uh, Hopi has taught me this. And so many different ways so to think about it and then decide how you want to relate to it. Another light I want to shine on while we're in this moment is uh, Dr. Emoto. He did a beautiful series of photographs with water crystals. I've mentioned it before. I've listed one of his books below. It's the most recent one and that is Messages from the Water and the Universe. He recently just passed, but was very dedicated to having this conversation and communication with water, and it really brings home this point a little bit further that I'm talking about having reverence for a season, not only within our own ecosystems, but for the whole ecosystem. And in his work, he shows, he illustrates how our human emotions uh, change the crystalline form of the water. It reflects back what we're giving. So in these food alchemy segments, in, along with water, if you have an angry chef in the kitchen or contaminated water because someone's not mindful and we have polluted water or feeling that is going to serve the body, or there's disturbances around the water, that is going to go into the system, into the food that's being made, into the glass that you're going to drink from. And when we bring our re- our resonance to a higher level of joy, love and happiness guess what? It starts to transform the water. We can do this in our, eco- our surroundings. Uh, we can also take precautions too by filtering, uh, educating yourself on what you're drinking and do both. Hold the water sacred in addition. Uh, do your research as to what's coming out of your faucet. Uh, Your water department can give you this information, they're required to, you could even have it tested if you're feeling like you want to double check, that's fine. And to look around in your ecosystem around you, just see how the ocean looks, how the local lagoons or rivers or lakes look, and if they're not looking that great, then maybe get involved, talk to your local municipalities and see what you can do to be of service. And at minimum, you can go to those water uh, inlets and have a conversation with the water and give thanks and gratitude. It will respond. If you look at Dr. Yamoto's work, you will begin to see and you can play around with it and see how it works for you. You might feel a little silly at first, but try it out. Uh, I don't think it's by accident that tribes all over the planet have had sacred relationship with water so why don't we start uh, trying to relate to it in our own way and see what comes out it might evolve and rebirth into something really beautiful pun intended so how you want to relate to it again it's your choice if you want to treat it as something sacred There will be a beautiful feedback loop. And this can be as simple as just bringing in nice, mindful, simple interactions with it. As soon as you're about to drink it, being uh, thankful for it, really listening to it. Uh, If you brew something like tea, it's mostly water interacting with leaves from a tree. So it's a great time to interact with the water and be kind to the water. It'll make that tea sound... Um, that much more yummy if you're making pastas or rices or oats or soups really having a conversation with that water holding it sacred because it's a large amount of the substance that's going into the food in addition if you have a garden communing with the water that's coming in out at Hopi, the traditional way is just to pray for the rain, and the rain feeds the crops. Imagine if you didn't have a spigot and a hose to water your garden, and if you communed with the plants and nature, and, and called in the rain to feed the crops, and the plants would acquiesce to that relationship with the water, as would you, and you might we might have a whole different ecosystem that exists not on such high demand. So however you're inspired, take one little baby step as to how you would like to relate to water. Start to think about are you contaminating it, how could you hold it in higher reverence, and how do you want it to relate to the quality of water that you're putting into your physical body. This is really important, especially if you have any type of long-term illness in the body, to really think about how it is balanced, um, how your pH is balanced. You want it to be more in the neutral zone and uh, this will tell you a lot of what's going on similar to a pool if the pH gets too high or too low uh, a lot of things go haywire so we like to be at that neutral point. What we're going to do is we're going to take a little break from the voice and allow yourself to have a pause again. We're going to connect to a little random rap and the song is called Sun Water. As you do just think about uh, how much you know about your local water that's coming into your house and how it is impacting you maybe when you're drinking, cooking, and washing with it, and how you'd like to relate to it. When we come back, we'll talk about a little bit of science and we'll dive into recognizing when you need more or less and aging. So without further ado, take some deep breaths, just sit back and relax a little bit with Random Rab and Sun Water.
2: I can tell you
1: The opportunity for you to think a little bit about water and to ask yourself how you want to relate to it. For some, it might seem silly, but I'll often ask uh, family and friends, How do you think you can give back? What's the simplest way you could give back? And there are simple ways like having a water bottle of water that you haven't consumed all of it, so feeding it to the earth, feeding it to a plant rather than just pouring it down your sink. Uh, If you've been cooking boiling water, you can also feed that to the earth and or a plant. There's many ways that we can simply show reverence to Mother Nature that we're mindful with the resources. So I can use this analogy, especially if you feel it's a little silly, is imagine I came to your home and I just walked in. I went straight for the refrigerator and just helped myself to whatever I wanted without asking and then sat down, consumed it all, and then left my dishes and left and didn't even acknowledge you. (laughs) How would you feel about that? (laughs) I don't know. It might feel a little strange for all of us to have someone do that even if we're close to them, especially if we're close to them, they don't even say thank you. So imagine every single day there are billions of people on this planet and I would say that um, we are having this experience all the time with Mother Nature we're forgetting to say thank you thank you and please we would like to receive some more so right now we're going to dive into the science a book I've listed below is uh, Living Energies by Colm Coates. I've referred to this before. And in this book, it's one of those books, well, if you're a really scientific mind, then you might stream through this very effortlessly. If you're not, you might want to have it in your in-home library and just read little bits of it. Uh, it. Really, if you digest it, this book does a beautiful job of merging uh, science with some beautiful Buddhist teachings and gives you the opportunity to really understand how we are a part of nature. We're not separate from it (laughs) and uh, how we can relate to it to be more in the flow with it. What this does is it brings us all back into harmony. So the nature of water. I'll start by reading something that he wrote. The upholder of the cycles, which supports the whole of life, is water. In every drop of water dwells a deity whom we all serve. There also dwells life, the soul of the first substance, water, whose boundaries and banks are the capillaries that guide it, in which it circulates. That is something that Victor Schauberger wrote. And it's such a beautiful way to relate to this element and to think about um, how important it is in our life. So when we're thinking about the science of the water and what it does for us, as mentioned, we have to think about the water supply and do we want to be someone that's contributing to the contamination of and or do we want to be someone that is really thinking about our water supply and how you can assist in keeping it um, clean and getting involved locally i know where i live they have local beach cleanups really helps less stuff going in and out of the ocean Uh, keeps the sea life happy and the same in the lagoons, the rivers, all these things. If you see trash in the gutters, pick it up, take a few moments, simple way to show reverence to our ecosystem that we've been so graciously given to live. So water comes up through aquifers. In addition, it comes from the air. It also uh, is constantly being regenerated through our body, through our plants through the sky and the earth and this also relates to the circulation of what is going through our body which is blood. (laughs) So we understand that this motion of pumping blood through our system keeps us healthy and keeps the heart going. So this is another reason why when we combine water to our body on a daily basis, that we start to feel healthy and if we're deficient in water this can start to impact how our organs are operating, how our skin is doing, how we are actually moving through each day because we actually might be really tired if we don't have enough water in our system. In addition it can lead to disease in the body if you're drinking contaminated water or you don't have enough. So To think about how you'd like to relate to it and as I mentioned earlier doing some research with your local municipalities checking out what's in the water is it safe and it they'll tell you the particles of what's in it and then you can go and research those elements and see is this safe for me to be drinking in addition if you start to have a conversation with the water you will notice if it feels good to drink or not Uh, In certain areas on this planet water is very contaminated and you can tell if you drink it it doesn't taste well so that's where filtration systems are needed and decide how you want to proceed from there. So you will also notice and Victor Schauerberg's work that the motion of water is really important and he did a great job of illustrating what's possible when we're moving the water through a system and what is the cause and the effect. So he mentions, and this goes a little bit more into energy, but he also does it in his water systems is that energy creates the form in which it wishes to move. The form is therefore the mirror of the energy flow. So this is that, a little bit of that form and function, but we have the yang energy moving on one side of the planet and the yin energy moving on the other for very simplistic terms. And then we have all elements moving in all ecosystems at all times, but there, there's still an overall living, breathing organism that's experiencing one element more than others. So if I'll read that again. Energy creates the form in which it wishes to move. The form is therefore the mirror of the energy flow. So think about that. Energy is primary, the cause. Form is the secondary, it's the effect. So if we think about an emotion, if we're angry, the that's the energy, the anger is moving forward. The effect is the form which that anger takes. That might be the reaction of the person that's receiving the anger. It might be your reaction. And then there's an additional feedback loop from that whole cycle. So you can hmm, maybe think about that a little bit as it relates to water and how you want to relate to it and, as I mentioned, the ecosystem around you. And that ripple effect is so profound. So the one thing that uh, Victor Schauberg talks about a little bit later is uh, is that the science and the consequences of chlorination and fluoridation of water. There's certain parts, especially in the North American continent, where they've started to remove and mandate that there's no need for fluoridation in the water. You need to check this out, but there are some beautiful, simple filtration systems you can add to your shower heads, you can add to your faucets, or you can go and get filtered water that's gone through different processes. And he states, science views the blood building and character influencing your organism water merely as a chemical compound and provides millions of people with a liquid prepared from this point of view, which is everything but healthy water. So what this means is that if your water is contaminated, uh, it's going to be problematic for you and um, could be the reason that we have so much disease in our world right now because we're not getting healthy water and please know if you're buying large cases of plastic bottled water that this isn't necessarily healthy either because you're getting a molecular breakdown of the the plastic which is crude oil and then you're drinking that and you don't know how long that water has been bottled in addition you're creating a gross amount of Waste. Sometimes it's necessary, but if you can, carry a nice glass container and see what happens when you participate that way with Mother Nature. And it makes it a lot easier uh, for everyone if we're each one of us takes responsibility in taking our part in these beautiful sacred substances. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to say so one more time. I've been saying a lot this segment is we're going to talk about aging and how the aging process is very leads us to a certain point right now on planet earth i personally in my heart know that this is not necessary if we are aligned in a certain level a certain resonance here on planet earth however right now we're dealing with Uh, life cycle that leads us through this aging process. That's because we're committed (laughs) to suffering and we go around. What I can tell you is there's no accident that aging affects vitality and typically as people age, as we know it right now here on planet Earth, is that we see this dryness and things that occur through memory loss, through frail bones, through reduction of blood production in the body and this can be supported by doing a couple dietary suggestions. So it's interesting if you think about the suggestions for elderly that you could actually employ these earlier on as needed in listening to your body and potentially you'll stretch out this process of aging. Not to become obsessed with it in the sense of more of a narcissistic point of view, but really from a wellness point of view. How can I really nourish my body? I've seen some beautiful documentaries and segments on people that are living on plant-based diets. They're well into their 70s or 80s and they look very youthful because they're living in harmony with mother nature. So it gives you a little something to think about. Before we completely dive into the aging, I think we could use a little respite from she's pontification. We are going to just float around a little bit and I think lay on the earth in your mind's eye and think about falling from the sun and this relationship with the sun and the fire. And When we come back, we'll talk about how water can assist us in times of aging and our elder years. self. So this eternal dance between fire and water and what it brews up is something quite magical. So during this segment we've been talking about water. (laughs) There's so much to say about water. It's not even possible that I could even cover all of it. And I think the point that I'm hoping that I am inspiring you to do is to really think about the quality of water that you're putting into your body to think about the bodies of water that are around you in your ecosystem and how you're treating them and if inspired to take some time to show gratitude for that which we have whether you're a surfer and you get to surf to give thanks for that ocean being there If you're someone that's swimming in lakes, rivers, or oceans, you're giving thanks for it to be there. If you like just to enjoy the view of it, that you give thanks, or the sound of it, that you give thanks for that. Similarly to how you would thank someone if they fed you a meal. And then if you're inspired to dive a little bit deeper in understanding its dynamics, And how it's moving through your body so that you can bring yourself into a little bit more natural flow with the earth system and the universe you might be excited to see what happens when we were talking earlier I mentioned that we are in the season of winter in the northern hemisphere and this is a time associated with death and the elderly part of our cycle in this world system when we do this we start to see these things happen to our body. So I thought I'd just close by mentioning some things that you can look at within your system and see uh, if you wanna add it, no matter where you are in your seasons, on um, this life cycle. And remember, we don't know when we're gonna really take transit. So, you know, you may not make it to those literal elder years or you know, the wise years, so you might as well just play around with it and see what happens. Can it enrich, can you be mindful enough to enrich every moment that you have while you're here and think forward into the next? Suggestions, and these are from Healing with Whole Foods with Paul Pitchford, a book I reference a lot, is one to avoid overeating, and this is good for all seasons (laughs) of your life. Do not eat late at night. Again, good rule of thumb for all seasons. Avoid sudden extreme diet changes. Gradual change is tolerated best. This is really important for people that are going on cleanses, diets, really extreme food changes in their life. Be easy with yourself. Do baby steps, please. Your body will be able to handle it better. It's nothing like denying your body and then binging right after you've done that. Just say, okay, you know what, I'm going to have one less donut a week. (laughs) Start there, whatever it might be. Just be easy on yourself and then those will be long lasting changes. Foods should be easily digested. Cereal creams and purees may be easier for those who cannot chew well. So if you're having trouble with your mouth or your digestion, think of a baby. So as we enter the world and we exit the world, simpler diets work. But you might try that on a weekly basis to eat a little simpler through most of the day. And if you're going to indulge in a richer meal than a cultural meal, you might connect to the food that way. But don't overdo it so you're not taxed by what you're putting in your body. Your body will let you know when you've consumed foods that aren't agreeing with you. Avoid weakening foods and restricting cooling foods. And examples of this would be refined sugar, intoxicants uh, that could be coffee and alcohol. Again, we'll talk about these later. We're going to do a segment on coffee. Uh, Anything is okay in moderation as far as I'm concerned and it's that it agrees with your body. Examples of cooling foods, especially in winter, would be raw vegetables, fruits, and juices. So you can cook your fruits, cook your veggies, and really bring that agni, that inner heat up. In addition, a high protein diet of heavy metals weakens the bones of an older person and severely taxes the organs of digestion, respiration, and circulation. A younger person may be able to digest more, but as you get older it's harder to eat these heavy meats. So think about that. Organic minerals are most fundamental nutrients. Uh, marine animals whose diets are highest in the broad range of minerals found in the seaweeds and other algae. So you might bring in some blue-green algae, seaweeds, it's easy to get these days. There's a reason that other parts of the world have this available almost at every meal. And in in addition uh, from there when you're gradually making changes, in your diet you might want to switch it up a little bit and bring in whole grains, vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, seaweeds, and regional fruits. This can help and assist cleaning the heart and the arteries and keep the digestive tract um, functioning smoothly. This is a big one in Ayurveda, keeping everything flowing in and out. And for those that tend to be dry, and this typically happens in the winter, a couple things. You can, if you're a person that's working out every single day, you can stagger your workouts in a certain way so you're not taking a shower uh, as frequently because that can dry out your skin this time of year. might be cold. You might want, want to get that chill. Using warm oils on the body is a really beautiful way to nourish the body. And you might also think about eating warm foods to help uh, with that yin moistening fluid. So millet, barley soup, black beans, mung beans, again, coming to the spirulina and the microalgaes, potatoes, walnuts, also moisten the intestines and our common remedy if things are becoming stagnant. Uh, bananas treat the dryness and almonds, avocados, and coconut are good for elderly people with Vata condition. This means they're frail, thin, anxious, nervous, their mind is moving a lot. So these are just some simple ways uh, that you can start to think about how you would like to address aging. Now what else occurs is that senility happens and this can be from too much consumption of alcohol. Uh, How you can help this are by some tonics and in Chinese medicine they have some very unusual ingredients. like deer antler, dawdler seeds. But imagine if you were living in the forest, this would be very natural. You don't have a Whole Foods or a big natural supermarket to get these things from that you're actually working with the land and creating these things. And you have a conversation going similar to what we talked about earlier with the water. You learn a lot by having a conversation with Mother Nature. So the final thing is anything that dries out the skin and the body. So if you do consume alcohol, especially if you consume it on a large quantity daily or weekly, you might notice when you wake up that your under your eyes is dried out, dark circles, your skin's dry, your mouth's dry. If people have a cannabis diet, they might notice how dry they get, that cotton mouth. All of these things require that you drink water if you're doing this. Reduce the excess in addition And this stress can have a long-term effect on your brain. And if you have suffered from any disease similar to cancer, this alcohol is really gonna bring you out of that neutral state, um, pulling your pH off balance. So to think about the choices you're making and how you can assist your body, especially if you've had some disease in regeneration. So these are all things to think about. There's a lot more information to cover, but this is just scratches the surface. And what we're going to do is we're going to sign out with a little Elizaveta. She is from Russia. She lives here in Southern California and she has a song from her album, Beatrix Runs, Snow in Venice. And I thought this is another beautiful way to connect to the element of water and the season of winter. Until next time, this is she signing out with a full heart, a big smile, bright eyes, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.
3: Maybe my song isn't happy enough, but I, I see you take flight with the snowflakes above me. My coffee gets cold as I'm staring enthralled at the snow that keeps falling outside and traveling like... Is a curse and a blessing for someone like me whose heart has gone missing. So get on that plane as the snow turns to rain and I'm writing your name on the glass. And see you in London or maybe in Paris. Berlin will be waiting and so will be Rome. Or maybe When it's snowing in Venice And I Will be on my way home (laughs) And dialing long distance With frozen fingers Sounds so strange. Then I ran out of change. Well, how old are you, dear? Yeah, it's still snowing here. Are you doing?